Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hey guys, it's Walter Montero here. Welcome to this edition of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. We're into the final month of the first quarter for 2018. So today is uh, March the 4th, and uh, things seem to be chugging along okay. I mean, um, the market is obviously a little bit different, but it still seems to be chugging along. If I take a look at some of the numbers... If I took a look at what's happening from a regional perspective, sales are down. There's no question about it. From last year to this year, in terms of uh, comparing February's, we're down about 26% in terms of number of sales. Last year, of course, there was about 677 sales. This year, about 500. If we look at the individual cities, Cambridge came in significantly lower, 34% lower. We had 169 sales last year. We have 111 this year. In Waterloo Market, they are sitting at uh, basically about 20% lower. They had 437 sales last year. And uh, this year, they've only had 350. Of course, that's for the month of February. The listing inventory is definitely up substantially in both markets, Cambridge, Kitchener, and Waterloo. Um, 75% higher than last year. We were sitting at about 131 active listings. At the end of February this year, we're sitting at 229. And uh, in Kitchener, they're up about 54%. They were sitting at 434 units last year and sitting at about 667. Uh, new listings are coming in at about the same pace. Some of them are coming in a little bit hotter. But in terms of active listings, that's where the number has has increased a little bit. So right now, from a regional perspective, we're sitting on just about two months of inventory. And uh, the prices, though, that's what seems to be the interesting dynamic. Uh, the average price in Cambridge right now for the month of February was uh, 454000 and change. Last year, it was 443 so it's up. And the median price is sitting at 422,000 last year was 411. In uh, Kitchener, it's up about 3% as well. Uh, average price sitting at about 478 for the month of February and uh, last year it was 464. And however, the median price seems to be pretty much the same at about 430,000. Okay? So that's what seems to be going on in the marketplace. There are definitely some differences. The market sentiment in general is it feels slower. There's no question about it. I talked to some of my colleagues, in fact, many of my colleagues, and they all seem to be singing from the same sheet in terms of uh, saying that they feel it's a little bit slower. And uh, there's obviously a few things that are affecting that uh, that dynamic. There's certainly some uncertainty. In fact, I was at a meeting, I think about uh, two weeks ago now, it was a mortgage meeting for our Mortgage Alliance uh, franchise here within the area. And uh, we had heard that Madame Homes has a subdivision in Whitby and they're selling phase two, and uh, they're selling phase two at seventy to ninety thousand dollars under what they sold phase one at. So it's obviously a very interesting uh, dynamic going on. We've heard that that buyers in the phase one uh, that bought last year, obviously, you know, obviously the homes are now being completed. They're now having issues funding their mortgages because the appraisals are coming in lower than what they agreed to pay last year. So definitely some interesting stuff happening in the Whitby market. Thank goodness it's not happening in Cambridge KW. Uh, we've got a different dynamic going on here. Of course, the new mortgage rules, they had kicked in in January 1st. That certainly has seemed to, to put a, a blip into the marketplace. I was at a seminar held by Benjamin Tall from CIBC last week, and he had mentioned that about 12% of buyers have been eliminated from the marketplace as a result of these new mortgage rules. 
So there's no question about it. They're going to have an effect on the market. The other thing, of course, is uh, the minimum wage issue had been addressed. Obviously, this caused some issues. Uh, it's caused some unemployment. And, um, you know, again, it, it just rocks the market. I have some uh, colleagues that work at Toyota uh, here in Cambridge. And I'm told that there are going to be over a thousand jobs over the next 18 months, all going into retirement. And I'm told that none of them are going to be filled. So this is the job attrition. These are jobs just disappearing right out of our, out of our marketplace. Um, so it does cause you some concern for sure. And then of course you got the goofiness going on down south with Donald Trump. You know who knows? Turn on the TV and see what's going on. Uh, but you know you've obviously got as of late steel tariffs, which we we still don't know whether Canada will be affected or not. But nonetheless, he's talking about a 25% steel tariff. So that's uh, concerning. It also rocked their stock market too, of course. And of course, we've got uh, the NAFTA agreement. I mean, this is still in question. This is something that's kind of hanging over our heads. What are they going to do with NAFTA? Who knows? We have no idea. The other thing, of course, is we had, you know, Justin Trudeau's recent visit to India and how he botched that up. Uh, somebody told me yesterday that um, there is a 65% tariff on chickpeas now coming from Canada to India as a result of that. So I don't know if, or if it was one way or the other, but at any rate, obviously they're not very happy with uh, Mr. Trudeau's performance over there. And, um, and obviously it's concerning interest rates. Of course, that's the, the other big thing. They've gone up slightly, you know, not crazy, but they've gone up a bit. And uh, the bank of Canada again is announcing rates on Wednesday, the 7th, and we'll see what they do with um, with interest rates there. But again, it's not all bad news. So, you know, we can't, you know, always look at the uh, at the clouds. There is definitely some good news. I was at a meeting with uh, CMHC hosting it uh, earlier, or I should say uh, mid last week. And uh, they felt very optimistic about the Waterloo region. In fact, they basically said that prices are going to remain moderate here in this um, in this marketplace, uh, running at an average of somewhere between 400 and 50 to 460,000. They felt very positive about the employment growth in the area. Uh, it's growing at about 2%, uh, which is great. We've got excellent population growth, people coming in from other parts of the province, other parts of the country. And then of course, you know, you've got immigration, I think somewhere around 400,000 a year with many of them not leaving the GTA area. Okay. So, and again, as a result of that, you get that GTA spillover which is really interesting to watch. You know, the average price for a house in, in Toronto right now, I believe sits just under 800,000. And then the, the average price in Cambridge is sitting at about 469. So it is, you know, definitely worth the drive to Cambridge if you want to have a good quality of life and uh, live in a, in a good market. And the other thing, of course, is because, you know, you do have excellent employment opportunities here. You're not just throwing people onto the highway. You're, people can reestablish their lives here and actually work here. And really in the grand scheme of things, according to CMHC, they said that, you know, as far as interest rates going up, yes, they are going up, but they're still very, very low. So, you know, rates are still very, very affordable. If we take a look at the rental market, vacancy rates are actually, you know, pretty tough for somebody looking for a rental. They're sitting at about 1.5%. And uh, the other interesting thing about that number is it has dropped three years in a row now. So the rental market is getting really, really tight. So obviously some good opportunities for people that want to invest in property. Still obviously a good investment. And uh, believe it or not, there's still multiple offers going on out there uh, in terms of what's actually happening in the market. So properties are still selling for over asking price. 
But what we do notice or what I've noticed is even in multiple offers, you're not seeing as many cash offers as you were seeing last year. Many of them are conditional, conditional on financing, conditional on inspection. So there's that going on. And quite honestly, it's probably a good thing because, you know, let's face it, there we didn't have such a big problem with it here in this area, but I understand in the GTA, they had problems with deals falling out. So, you know, people committing to buying a home unconditionally and then all of a sudden not being able to close. So having those conditions in there, folks, even though it's a little bit of a frustrating process, it is actually a good thing because then at least you know you know your buyer has done his due diligence and made sure that he can, in fact, go ahead and close the deal. Inventory is still tight. So really in the grand scheme of things, there's not a lot of homes on the market. So even though you know buyers are being challenged with all of these things that I mentioned earlier, there's still not a lot of homes for sale. Okay, so you know it makes for still a good, strong seller's market. As I said, it's you only got about two months of inventory. That is not a lot. We were starting to get really used to you know less than a month's inventory on the market. Now that's changing. That's doubled. But again, don't forget that you know a market that has up to six months of inventory is still considered a relatively healthy market. So we've only got two months of inventory. It's not that much. So really the market is still pretty good. It's just hard to see when you're going 500 miles an hour and then all of a sudden the market slows up to 200 miles, it feels like you're going really slow. But you still got to remember, you're going 200 miles an hour, right? So, I mean, that's that's the big thing. And then of course, there are still lenders out there that are not lending on the new mortgage rules. So there are some lenders in the marketplace that don't have to play by those rules. So if somebody needs to qualify for a mortgage, doesn't qualify for that 2% higher than contract, they can go to a mortgage broker like my wife, Karen, for example, and, um, and get a commitment from one of these lenders. Now, one thing that you will notice is because of this advantage that they have in the marketplace they're able to charge a little bit more in their interest rate it's not that much more it's usually around 15 or 20 basis points so it's not that much but you can qualify for the mortgage under the old rules and not the new rules okay and then of course there's a lot of alternative lenders out there that have come in and filled the gap these are a lot of mortgage investment corporations and smaller lending institutions what we call monoline lenders these guys have, you know, rates that are pretty competitive. They're a little bit higher, of course, but they can still make deals happen. Okay, so there are some some things going on uh, that don't make it all doom and gloom. So really, what's my take on all this? Well, I guess this month it'll be 31 years in the market. I've been in business now for 31 years. The sky is not falling. Um, you know, there's nothing really, according to that CMHC presentation that I went to the other day, there's nothing on the horizon that is going to affect the marketplace. I mean, cer certainly something drastic could happen, but they don't foresee anything crazy happening in the marketplace. So the sky is not falling. There's simply an adjustment going on to these new market dynamics. Anytime there's a rule change, I've always found in my experience, the market takes time to adjust. Okay. The big thing is, is people still have to live somewhere. They, they didn't stop living in homes and they didn't stop renting apartments. They still have to live somewhere. And the great thing about living in the Waterloo region and Canada for that matter is it's still a great place to live and people around the world want to live here. So that that's a great thing. Okay. Now I'll give you two pieces of advice here that I would give a buyer and what I would give a seller. If you're a buyer, what I would definitely advise you to do is get pre-approved. 
Okay. Make sure you get a pre-approved mortgage. So you know exactly what kind of, of, um, interest rate you're looking at, what kind of payments you're looking at. And you can do that by going to homepreapproval.com. And that's one of our websites. And then you can go on there, you can fill out an application, we'll give you a pre-approval so you know exactly what you can deal with in terms of what you can buy. Now, the other thing is, is I want to make sure that buyers, especially pre-approved buyers, make sure you get your documents into your mortgage broker right away. So there's no surprises. Okay. So many times we, we have had people say, you know, they, oh, I make seven $75,000 a year and then you get the job letter and it's not there or they say they're permanent full-time and then they end up being on contract. Make sure that all of your ducks are in a row. Get your job letters into your broker. Get your T4s, get your NOAs, which is short for notices of assessment, you know, the little document that's attached to your tax return typically. Uh, your verification of down payment. Make sure that your lender is cool with where your down payment is coming from, okay? And anything else that might be needed, uh, you know, if there was a separation or a divorce, make sure those documents are in order. Lenders want to see that. So they want to know who's got any kind of financial responsibilities from one to the other. So you make sure that that's dealt with. If you've ever had a bankruptcy, make sure you have your discharge in place so you can take that to the lender and there are no surprises on the day of closing. You don't want that happening. The other thing, of course, as a buyer, hire a good agent. Okay. Somebody that's familiar with the marketplace. Okay. One thing that really, really troubles me these days is the geographic coverage that realtors are starting to get into. They're starting to go into markets that they don't understand. I was just telling my wife, Karen, the other day, how I was so shocked at how many Toronto agents are coming into the Cambridge Kitchener Waterloo market. Now, listen, folks, I'm not afraid of competition. I'm fine with that. Okay. But you're getting somebody that's coming into this marketplace that knows nothing about it. They don't know about, you know, the different uh, dynamics of the Grand River. They don't know about certain contaminated areas within the city. They don't know about, you know, neighborhood dynamics, what, you know, the crime and that sort of thing. They don't know any of these things. So when you hire an agent, make sure you hire a good local agent so they can properly advise you, okay? Get some research done. Get the stats for the neighborhood, okay? So you know exactly what homes are selling for. List price to sell price ratio. How many days on the market? You know, that, that sort of thing. Be careful about making firm offers, okay? Don't be going crazy and making firm offers unless you're absolutely certain that you can do it. It's, it, this is a legal binding contract, folks. You're going to get yourselves in trouble. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, hey, if I walk away, I'm only going to lose my deposit. The waters run deeper than that. If they end up losing money on that deal, you're going to be responsible for a shortfall. So be very, very careful. Make sure you're very careful before making firm offers. In fact, I would say don't do them. But if you're, if you're going to do them, make sure you got your ducks on order. And remember, buying a house is a long-term commitment. Okay, buy within your means for sure. Buy what suits your needs, uh, not under, so you know you're not finding yourself in one or two years thinking, oh, geez, you know, we didn't buy enough house, now we got to move. Moving's expensive, folks. Commissions, real, uh, real estate fees, legal fees, land transfer tax. You don't want to pay that all over again. You want to make sure that you're going to be in this home for a bit. And don't overbuy. Don't buy something that stresses your 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 finances so much, okay? Uh, or make sure that you're buying the right property so it doesn't bog you down with all kinds of repairs and all that kind of stuff. 
And again, don't worry about the market's short-term fluctuations because I can tell you quite honestly, we're probably going to see some. But don't get attached to that. This is a home and this is a long-term investment, okay? If you're a seller, make sure you prepare your home for sale, okay? Rule number one, I would say hire a good agent, okay? If you hire a good agent, he's going to come in or she's going to come in, give you a good consultation, probably bring in a stager so you can have your home looking tip-top. Okay, you want to make sure that that home shows its best. Declutter, get rid of the junk. I can't believe the amount of junk people keep in their homes and present company included, trust me. But when your home is for sale, you do not have that privilege. The junk's got to go and you got to have it ready, show ready, showroom ready for when buyers come through. And again, remember, Price it right. This is not any new advice that I'm that I'm giving here. This is old, old stuff. These are old rules. You know, it's funny. I talk to people, think, you know, wow, this house is selling for over list price, and that one sold for over list price, and that one's been on the market for a long time. Well, I can tell you uh, from experience that when you price your home tight, so in other words, very close to the market or even below the market, you're going to draw attention to your home. And when you draw attention to your home, you're going to have lots of buyers coming to, to the table and they're going to make, they're going to start competing with each other. So really in the grand scheme of things, it's so funny. I talk to people and they go, well, you know, I don't want to price my home so low because I don't want to leave any money on the table. Well, if you have a good agent that properly orchestrates that whole process, you're not going to leave any money on the table. Okay, you're going to have multiple offers and you're going to get the most that the market will bear. Well, some people will think, well, you know, I priced it low and I didn't get my price. Well, quite honestly, if you didn't get that price that you thought your house was worth, it probably wasn't worth it. So really, in the grand scheme of things, don't price it so high that you're priced out of the market. And in terms of pricing it low, make sure you price it low, reasonably low, so you're not insulting the intelligence of the buyer and at the same time, you can orchestrate that multiple offer situation, what gives you the most money that the market will bear, okay? Be flexible for showings. I, I know for the most part, I find that sellers are usually pretty good about that. But in the grand scheme of things, there are many people that turn down showings. Folks, you want to take advantage of when a buyer is at is an emotional peak, okay? So when they come through your home, they're excited and they want to see it. And that's the time that an agent, a good agent will be able to get a good offer from the buyer. Okay. And then of course, be careful accepting firm offers. Just like I said with the buyers, sellers, you have to be even more careful. Okay. Because you can run the risk of your deal not closing. So you can have somebody come to the table, promise you the moon and not be able to deliver it. So if you're going to accept firm offers, make sure you got a good, strong deposit and uh, in my marketplace, a good strong deposit is somewhere between twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars. Okay, and another good idea would be to ask the buyer to present you with a commitment from the lender. Okay, so make sure that they've gone to their lender already, and you know that they can afford the house that you're selling them. Okay, and and remember with commitments. You just don't want to look at page one and says, oh, this guy qualifies for $500,000. Make sure you read through that commitment. See if there was any conditions in that commitment and ask the buyer if they fulfill them, okay? Because anybody can get a commitment on a mortgage, uh, but a lot of lenders will just put a bunch of, bunch of conditions in it. Make sure that those conditions have been properly dealt with, 
All right. So anyway, that's uh, this week's show. Uh, sorry, it's a little bit longer than usual, but I just wanted to make sure that you guys are aware of what's going on in the marketplace. I wanted you to you know, be careful of buying and selling, but at the same time, the sky's not falling and we live in a great area. And uh, thanks again for listening to my show and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. If you have any real estate questions, please direct them to me at 519-624-9222 or walter at MaximumResults.ca or you can find me online at www.cambridgehouses.com. If your interests are in mortgages, please feel free to call 519-624-9222 or email karen at karen at MaximumResults.ca or you can find her online at www.m as in Mary, R as in Roger, financial.ca. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great week.